This is The Structuring Podcast. Good day, welcome back. This is The Structuring Podcast, episode 38. Terry War here, and we're talking about the funding of a trust and asset protection. Say you were to set up a discretionary trust to perhaps own or hold property or to hold shares, that trust will basically have um, $10 to its name when it's established. And that is the settled sum received from the set law. So it's got to have some sort of money to be able to buy property or shares. And that money has to come from somewhere. And what I see with clients usually is they just consider the trust to be a, a mere extension of themselves. So they will pay for the deposit on a property. The trust won't pay it. They'll pay it Say the trust is going to buy a $500,000 property, the individual will pay the $100,000 deposit and the trust will borrow $400,000. Now, that's not very good from an asset protection point of view, and there's basically two reasons for that. The first reason is uh, a resulting trust. There's a presumption if A buys a property using the money of B, then A is the trustee for B. So let's say uh, the individual paid the deposit on a trust property. It could be argued that the beneficial owner of the property is actually the individual. The trustee of the trust is acting not as trustee of a discretionary trust, but as trustee of a bear trust. And if that individual were later to become bankrupt, it could be argued that the whole property is the asset of the bankrupt individual rather than a trust asset. That's probably the worst case scenario. It could also be argued that since they paid 20% deposit, they might own 20% of the property beneficially, even though the title for the property might be in the name of the company and the company is acting as trustee of a discretionary trust. So that's the first asset protection weakness. The second asset protection weakness is there's no documentation to confirm whether that money was a gift to the trust or whether it was a loan to the trust. If it's a gift, the money gifted no longer belongs to the individual who gifted it. However, if it's a loan, then it's always an asset of the lender. So that means if the lender, the individual becomes bankrupt, that $100,000 injected into the trust could be clawed back. However, if it's a gift, title to that money is transferred, so it's no longer the individual's money. So generally it is much safer if it is a gift. It's more difficult to claw it back. However, it can still be clawed back because of Section 120 and possibly 121 of the Bankruptcy Act. And there's also state legislation such as Section 37A of the Conveyancing Act in New South Wales. And that allows transactions to be unwound in certain cases. So when funding a trust you should pay careful attention to how it's funded, how it's documented, and you've got to think of the worst things that can happen and hope they don't happen. This is legal advice, so it's something your accountant can't advise on. You should be seeing a solicitor about this. And there may be some tax aspects to it as well. So the accountant or the solicitor could advise on the tax aspects as well. An example of that is where someone is borrowing money against other property and then on lending it to the trust. When that happens, you've got to consider the deductibility of interest. So generally, if you borrow money and you gift it 
the interest on that loan will not be deductible. So there's a bit of asset protection, but also a bit of tax to consider as well when funding a discretionary trust. As always, make sure you get legal advice. Don't rely on this at home. And I think we'll talk more about resulting trusts next week in episode 39. So until then, bye for now. You've been listening to The Structuring Podcast. Check out the show notes for today's episode at www.structuring.com.au forward slash podcast.